0: Welcome back to Mood with Lauren Elizabeth. I'm Lauren Elizabeth and today we are going to talk about when anxiety strikes what I do because for me you know I'm so open with my struggle with anxiety over years and years and years and obviously on mood it's one of the many moods we cover quite frequently because we can all really relate to it. I think it's kind of the most talked about things in my direct messages on Instagram like on my YouTube videos everything like that and so I kind of started to talk a little about a little bit about my experience as of late with anxiety and just kind of like change and I talked about that on the podcast as well but I really had a moment where anxiety struck me hard and We'll get into all of it, but I figured since it's top of mind, and I know so many of you guys deal with anxiety and relate to the struggle of anxiety, whether you're dealing with it right now, whether you're doing a good job coping with it right now, whether it's in the past or the present, when it strikes, I wanted to tell you guys what I do for today's current mood convo. But first, let's talk about my best mood and worst mood of the week. My best mood, since obviously anxiety struck last week hard, was calming down and just like getting my footing again and regrounding myself and it was not something that happened overnight it was definitely a best of the week and it was a moment one moment in a lot of moments throughout seven days um and yeah it was just like my best mood was just like feeling like okay like feeling decent like literally just kind of like having a clear brain having clear thoughts and just not Just like being able to function, honestly, and just feeling like I was finally calmed down and I was finally getting my footing, regrounded myself in reality because anxiety is not reality at all. It's a different place in your head, a different destination. And so my best mood was finally getting out of that loop and coming back down to earth. Whereas obviously that means my worst mood was debilitating anxiety. And I say debilitating because I literally couldn't function. I couldn't do anything. um, And I didn't do anything for like four or five days, which is kind of like a recent record of mine. Not that I'm trying to set that record record at all, obviously. It fucking sucks. Like I think a main thing too that I want to make sure... Comes through obviously on every podcast, but especially this one is like I am not glamorizing anxiety at all. My week was absolutely horrible. Um, and my worst mood for that reason was debilitating anxiety. And the reason, one of the reasons I know I can get through it is because I remember so many best moods. And my best moods are what get me through that anxiety. It's not fun. Like there's nothing cute, there's nothing fun, there's nothing enticing. Um, sometimes like my depression anxiety mind can like get enticed by the idea of it but that doesn't mean in reality I'm you know portraying it to you guys as some fun little fact about me and anxiety is cute and relevant and cool and let's slap a label on it because it's not I swear so if anything let's glamorize the best mood of this week which was calming the fuck down not that I think any of you are glamorizing it by the way I just want to like make sure that we're on the same page something we should get on the same page about too is doing a small part our part but an important part in you know reduce for recycle you guys know I love fashion and style and that's why I'm so excited about rare form because they make bags that are designed for style and function but they're but the coolest part is that they recycle over 80% of all billboards in the country to make them. So everything is one of a kind, like literally something you'd see when you're driving down the highway on a billboard in new york la nashville they partner with companies all over the united states rare collects nearly 500,000 pounds of billboard every month i mean that's insane in itself the average lifespan of a billboard is literally four to six weeks that's why and they cannot typically be recycled normally they just head straight to a landfill which is why this is so genius all products are unique no one will ever have the same bag as you and like i mean honestly why should they You can literally choose your exact bag online and every product on their site is individually photographed. So what you see is what you get. So if you don't know, billboard advertisements are actually made of vinyl. So the bags are durable, water resistant, and wear well. I mean, obviously it makes sense, you guys. Billboards are meant to live outside, aka they're like obviously already super durable and flexible. Therefore, your bag is going to be too. They're also lightweight, vegan, and unique. Made from billboards and designed to fit your lifestyle. Go check them out on rareform.com slash mood. And the holidays are coming up, you guys. This would be a good gift. That's rareform.com slash mood. Find your one-of-a-kind bag now. Okay, let's talk about mood boosters. And obviously when my anxiety was like debilitating and we will be getting into that mood boosters are like not what they usually are. So once I obviously started feeling better and like kind of a few days into it after it some of my mood boosters were just really slowing down like whether it was just like in my brain or physically in real life or both at the same time. I thought of a good example today now that I've been like thinking clearly for a few days. It's like when I was standing like in the Starbucks line and I was getting so annoyed that someone like two people in front of me was like literally taking forever. And it was just one of those like reminders where I was like, slow down, like literally like stop getting angry in your head, slow down your thoughts, like literally who cares and like slow your physical like body reaction down. So I kind of like dropped my shoulders, I unclenched my jaw, I took a deep breath. And so little moments like that where like sometimes your mind and your body are doing the same thing of like getting really heightened really fast and just really kind of like Like I said, in my best mood, like grounding myself and slowing down became really important towards the end of the week for me. My next mood booster was honesty, just like being really, really honest about how I was feeling. I tell you guys this a lot. It's like when you're having all these crazy thoughts and having so much anxiety, even so much stress, sometimes it's really good to get it out of your brain because it gets you out of that rabbit hole, it gets you out of that cycle because it allows someone else to you know, be kind of your sounding board. It allows you to sound, it allows you to hear what you sound like out loud. And also like if there is something that's like really going on, that's really causing you that much anxiety, like it's nice to have people to talk through it with or to get it off your chest or to find a solution instead of making the problem so much bigger in your head to just find like the simple solution to maybe a simple problem. My next mood booster was time. This kind of goes with slowing down, but that was more of like a conscious thing I had to do, whereas time was like a very short conscious thing I had to do of just deciding I needed to give myself time. Like I realized that like I was not OK and it wasn't like a few hours. It wasn't just a day. And I decided to just give myself the time to kind of like take a step back and deal with my anxiety and how I was feeling and not be so hard on myself and give myself the time to kind of get to my best mood, which was being grounded again. And I think a lot of times like with, you know, work and life and just like, you know, the internet, like all the things that we're so accustomed to, everything happens really, really quick. And I think that, you know, you would never expect someone to recover from a sprained ankle even faster than they should, right? Or then it takes the amount of time to heal and so when something's going on with your mental health I think it's really important to remember to give yourself the time to get better and that's obviously different for everyone individually and for me it was a few days this time but I didn't you know set like okay I'll be better with this amount of time kind of how you can when you go to the doctor but even when you do go to the doctor they're like you know your ankle will be four to six weeks they don't say like four weeks two hours and 37 seconds and you're gonna be perfect like it's just knowing like hey like this is gonna take time you have to give yourself the time to get better and a mood booster for me was just making that conscious decision and giving it to myself Because when you make the conscious decision to give it to yourself, it kind of takes out the step of shaming and guilt tripping yourself for taking the time because you're like making a smart, caring decision for yourself. And my final mood booster now that I'm feeling back to myself, trying to get my life together in just a way that feels good and present and full of patience for myself, I have to say... I I love spooky season, I love Christmas season, and there's nothing better than a seasonal mood booster. And therefore, I took myself to Target. I always buy the ones that are probably really bad for you, the Glade (laughs) Holiday Candles, and I got two. And I'm telling you, there's nothing like I don't like I I have to say that I think scents are such a mood booster in general, because like, you know, you smell something and then you feel something or you remember something or like it causes like the total opposite negative reaction. And so I'm not just being a girly gal or maybe some would say basic when I say like a pumpkin spice candle is a mood booster, but like. It is and it's probably science and I don't have the time to do the research to prove to you that it's science but I'm willing to go out on a limb and say that it's scientifically a mood booster to get yourself a basic bitch chuggy autumn candle. Don't let anyone tell you differently either. Okay this is actually my one year anniversary of getting glasses which is like super exciting because I wanted glasses my entire life which is why I wish that they invented blue light glasses earlier as well. And if you don't know who started it all, the blue light glasses, it was Felix Gray. They started it all five years ago. They set out to create eyewear that would improve daily screen time. And since then, Felix Gray has been on a mission to create a relationship with technology. Felix Gray lenses filter 15 times more of the most important blue light, whether you're heading back to the office, back to school, or back to whatever. I'm sure you're staring at a screen and you can count on Felix Gray. So visit FelixGrayGlasses.com mood. I have the cutest Felix Grey glasses that so many people have bought because they saw them on me and I've been wearing them since even before I had a prescription in them just because I, you know, really don't want that blue light in my eyes and because I always wanted glasses, like I said. So I just thought I looked cute and their frames are so freaking cute and I'm absolutely obsessed with them. They're such great quality. They have non-prescription and prescription available, so it doesn't matter who you are you need to block that blue light out. Check them out now. FelixGrayGlasses.com slash mood. That's F-E-L-I-X-G-R-A-Y glasses.com slash mood. And you'll get free shipping, free returns, free exchanges. FelixGrayGlasses.com slash mood. Okay, guys, let's dive into our current mood convo all about anxiety. But mostly when it strikes, what do I do? So I know I mentioned earlier in the episode that I had debilitating anxiety last week and I think that sometimes like since the podcast is about moods as well when I have a mood that's really top of mind it's hard not to kind of like give you guys a bunch of thought starters give you guys my experience and just kind of like open up a little bit and maybe like hopefully say something you might have needed to hear this week and obviously you probably could tell that I didn't upload a podcast last week because that's how bad it was. I... Didn't do any work last week to be completely honest, and I don't think I really saw anyone last week. And it was just because my anxiety was so bad that I couldn't get myself to do anything. And I think what a lot of people don't realize about anxiety is they think that it's similar to just like fear of an actual bear standing in front of you. And sometimes it's like when you're in that daze of anxiety you don't even see the metaphorical bear standing in front of you but you feel all of those physical reactions and symptoms that the feeling of fear causes physiologically in your body and I wanted to just quickly touch on the fact that obviously anxiety is a word that is used a lot and there is a big difference between stress and anxiety they are not the same thing People under stress experience mental and physical symptoms, they do, such as irritability, anger, fatigue, muscle pain, digestive troubles, and difficulty sleeping. But anxiety, on the other hand, is defined by persistent excessive worries that don't go away even in the absence of a stressor. And anxiety is classified as a mental health disorder, obviously characterized by those feelings of worry, fear, and they're strong enough to interfere with one's daily activities, We've also talked a lot on the podcast too about how there is a healthy amount of stress for you as a human to deal with. Stress is good. It can be motivating. It can, you know, make you get shit done. It can make you go above and beyond. It makes you stay on your game. Obviously, there's an unhealthy amount of stress that can lead to burnout, but these are, that is a totally different sliding scale than it would be just stress to anxiety. It's more so of the, you know, the disorder the mental health disorder of anxiety is characterized by those feelings um, and them being persistent and excessive and they interfere with your regular life. So that's kind of, you know, how I said, okay, like my anxiety was debilitating. It's because that's what anxiety is. It interferes with your daily life. And, you know, obviously years ago my anxiety was so bad it interfered with my daily life so badly that like these things would take months and months for me to get out of whereas you know this week um it only took me a few days to get out of it however i haven't had something that's taken me a few days to get out of in a really long time that was debilitating so i think there's you know different levels and different kind of in my opinion different forms of anxiety maybe it's situational maybe it's chronic maybe like it is triggered by something or maybe you're medicated. And so it's different than it was when you were on medicated. And so I just wanted to kind of like briefly touch on that just so that you know what I'm talking about when I talk about having debilitating anxiety, because there was nothing stressing me out. Stress is like a reaction basically of like something that kind of like is happening. Right. So like if you have something for work, it really, really stresses you out. And obviously stress is, you know, an experience, But usually there's something that is stressing you out. But similarly, people think like, but similarly, you can obviously use the word anxiety in the same way of, oh, this gives me anxiety. Um, But sometimes there's, you don't know right away what's giving you anxiety because it's so persistent. And I think that what I didn't understand for a while is I would always say, I don't know. I don't, I, I don't know what's giving me so much anxiety. And obviously, cause like it just feels like that, right? Because you're just like dealing with these symptoms and like this feeling and it's so excessive and persistent that you're like, well, I don't know. I just feel like this now. And that's obviously not actually the case. I've learned that through a lot of therapy. Obviously, sometimes it does, you know, take getting curious and leaning into the dark feelings, leaning into the scary feelings. Sometimes it takes years of kind of doing that and figuring out root causes and, you know, the chronic things that have piled up over years and years of life. Um, but even in those moments where it's like four days worth of debilitating anxiety, like I can still sit there and be like, I don't know, like, I don't know why I feel like this. And that's kind of why the honesty mood booster is really important to like talk it through for me because I've done so much talk therapy that it really helps me kind of understand instead of going in a rabbit hole and in a loop, it really helps me understand what the root cause is because once I can kind of understand that, it actually helps me get over it more. And so that's just a little bit about like anxiety in general and not knowing the difference between stress and anxiety that, like I said, just wanted to get off at the top of our current mood combo. Just in case also maybe you're not familiar because I think a lot of people aren't familiar with the difference between anxiety and stress. I know a lot of people that don't have, you know, really, really bad anxiety. They don't know the difference because they just are like, oh, she's stressed out all the time. And I'm like, no, I don't think you get it. Like I like, like there's so many other physical symptoms that interfere with my daily life to the point where like I can't do life. And that's, you know, not the stress curve that we're familiar with on this podcast. So when it strikes, what do I do? And the first thing that I have to mention off the top as well for me and my personal experience is therapy and psychiatry. I mean, it is just if something is going on, I have to make sure I'm talking to both of my doctors because I am someone that's on medication and in therapy once a week. And so if something's that bad and I'm doing everything I'm supposed to be doing, it's kind of like, wait, okay, I've been feeling like this for a few days. I clearly need to talk to someone that knows me and is a professional because something's going on. So that like right off the top, it's like. It's not like, oh, I turn on mood with Lauren Elizabeth because she's a doctor. No, I talk to my doctors before I can even get to the mood boosting of it all because it is health at the end of the day, at the beginning of the day. Like, it is your health. If there was something wrong with your knee, I'm sure. You'd go to Google, maybe you'd listen to a sports medicine podcast, but like if it was persistent and like you literally couldn't walk, you'd go to the hospital, right? So it's the same thing with your mental health. You go to the doctor, it's not something you have to suffer silently about just because it's happening on the inside and you can maybe still walk and talk. Um, and it shouldn't be something that you just go to the doctor about only when you can't get out of bed and it's so persistent. But I understand that that happens because. It just does with mental health, I guess. And this is just your reminder that it is your health and you should talk to a doctor about it. So, when it strikes, the first thing I did was I was kind of like, okay, I've been feeling like shit for like two and a half days. I can't function. I know once I talk to my therapist, I'll either figure out what's going on and I'll feel better or I'll at least figure out what the fuck is going on. And Then as for my psychiatrist, I only talked to my psychiatrist once a month. If it was like an actual critical emergency, I would have called. But I did realize I didn't fill my prescription on time so i 'm going to be completely candid with you guys i 've already said i 'm medicated a lot of people know that because they followed me for a while, and I realized that i didn 't take my medicine for enough days, nothing you know over a week or anything, but enough days to where it was probably out of my system and i It was irregulated, and that combined with other stressors and things was probably enough to make me you know not have enough tools in my toolkit. To, you know, combat the effects of not taking my medicine, which is why it's like such an important part of my routine. And so definitely got a little slap on the wrist um, by my therapist for that. And, you know, also as a disclaimer for that part of the podcast, I'm not a a doctor. I'm not saying that you should be on medicine. I don't even know if I should be on medicine for the rest of my life. I think it would be amazing one day to not have to be on anxiety medicine and be able to supplement it in a natural way. However, I'm not at a place in my life right now where I feel comfortable kind of diving into that because I am someone that's curious about mental health and very interested In psychology, I think it would be really interesting one day to maybe figure out different ways to supplement my health, but I am not in a position where I have little going on in my life enough to be able to do that little experiment because even just a few days were without my personal medicine and my personal experience was enough to throw me off my rocker. So once I figured that out, I said, F-U-C-K. This sucks. Well, just got to be patient because nothing I can do besides give it a few more days and start taking my medicine, pick up my prescription if I didn't already, talk to my therapist, try to figure out what was really going on. Like I said, figuring out the root cause is really, really important for me. And if you're someone that's new to anxiety, I think something above that is at least labeling it as anxiety. So when it strikes, the first thing that happens is I label. I label two things. One, what the fuck is happening? okay it's anxiety it's not you it's anxiety so i remind myself over and over again you're okay you're okay you're okay And I know that might sound really simple and really unproductive, but I have to tell myself that I'm okay. I'm not in danger. I have to remind myself that I'm okay. Nothing bad is currently happening to me in the moment. Sometimes I have to take it even a step further. You're okay. What is currently happening in this moment around you? No one's attacking you. No one's calling you. No one's texting you. Like no one's dying. Like you are okay. There is not an immediate threat. I have enough tools and enough knowledge under my belt that that I'm able to say okay this is anxiety and I'm okay. The next part about the next thing for labeling that I do is once I know it's anxiety like I said I have enough knowledge and experience at this point that I can on my own get one step deeper even before I talk to my therapist or without my therapist because I've been doing this for so long. I try to figure out what like what is going on. And sometimes it's like this is what I was saying kind of about the levels of anxiety is like sometimes you know like this is just a day, right? And this is just happening for a few hours. And I could really say okay like what is going on? It's anxiety. What is causing it? This problem, solution. Can I change anything? Yes, no. What can I control? This, that. And I can kind of make a decision and like boost my mood from there. But I'm talking about like when debilitating anxiety strikes like we are not doing any mood boosting we are just surviving okay mood boosting is like a privilege and I try to get to the root cause and obviously you know I'm not like going into like childhood trauma on a daily basis but I at least am like, okay, like what is kind of underlying for me right now that's putting me in panic mode? That's making me nauseous. That's making me not hungry. That's making me exhausted. Like these are all symptoms that like are not healthy to deal with for days at a time. And so after you know a few days, I was like, what the fuck is going on? Because this isn't who I am, and I feel like shit, obviously. And for me, I th- I think it was kind of easy to get to. What was going on? I think I've talked a lot about change in my life. I've talked a lot about on my YouTube channel specifically. I talked the other week in a vlog about how there's just like a lot of instability in my life right now and a lot of unknown. And I think obviously I'm so much more okay with unknown and kind of trusting my life's process. But I think instability for me is something that really just like if I'm unregulated, whether it's clearly like, just with not taking my medicine, or just like traveling all this stuff, if I'm just, I don't feel like I have my footing, I don't feel like I have my shit together. It's very, very worrisome and triggering for me. And I can, it really helps me feel even more out of sorts. And so it's not something that happens, you know, all at once, it's something that's built up over time for me. And so I think what I realized, the root cause was okay you were just gone for so long you haven't had a routine and god knows how long you don't really have like you know not just a routine but just like anything super consistent or at least like known like you can't really plan anything and you've just been trusting a lot and that's great and that's a free-spirited thing to do however like you can't even plan when you're going to work out next like it's just there's too much all over the place scatterbrained and a lot of that was building up for me and it was just not sustainable for me I'm someone who like I don't thrive in chaos I do like maybe a little bit on a stress level for like a one activity of work but like not in my entire life in every aspect of my life so kind of getting to the root cause of that is also why I kind of realized I needed time and just slow down because especially like obviously you need it to heal and to get better. But especially if the root cause for what I was feeling was like chaos, you know, instability, uncertainty, like lack of planning and organization and just kind of like feeling good in my own skin type of feelings, I guess, without getting into like extreme detail of like my trauma in my own life. <laughs> That's kind of another reason why i was like okay i clearly need time like i need to not guilt and shame myself for feeling like this i've done a really really good job of throwing i've done a really really good job of kind of going with the flow kind of like taking whatever life throws at me like rolling with the punches whatever you want to call it and it's caught up to me and i'm at my breaking point and the way i'm going to get better sooner is if I take the time now and so that was kind of like my initial like three-step process because usually it's like you what's going on inside your head what's going on outside of your body and what is the choice you're gonna make and the choice that I made was okay well I clearly can't function I can't be of service whether it's in my career or whether it's to others I just can't. So I'm going to give myself the time to recuperate so I can get better sooner. Speaking of routine, you know what is a part of my routine? Ritual. Because gaps in our diets shouldn't be ignored. Did you know that over 97% of women aged 19 to 50 are not getting enough vitamin T from their diet and 95% aren't getting their recommended daily intake of key omega-3s, which um, Lauren Elizabeth know is like really, really important for your mental health. Ritual essential for a woman's 18 plus multivitamin was formulated by exhaustive research to help fill nutrient gaps in the diet of women ages 18 plus. It is formulated with nutrients to help support brain health, bone health, blood health, and provide antioxidant support. You guys, how you feel on the inside, even physically affects your mental health and it affects how you look and it's just you living your best life and ritual didn't stop there you guys they invested in a gold standard of university-led clinical trial to prove the impact of the essential for women 18 plus multivitamin the results essential for women 18 plus was shown to increase vitamin d levels by 43 percent and omega-3 dha levels by 41 percent you guys in 12 weeks that's a clinical study it was published by a leading scientific journal frontiers in nutrition super legit a published clinical study is like a big deal and a serious commitment to a first of its kind standard in the industry. If you don't know that, I know that from like Psych 101, but just in case you didn't, Ritual is committed to third party testing from USP and non-GML project, traceable and vegan friendly ingredients and, always, and, always, and is always clear in their communication. There's no shady stuff. It's truly such a trustworthy brand, you guys. I absolutely love Ritual. I got hooked on Ritual from other influencers that I'm friends with that swear by it and I was lucky enough to have them partner with me on YouTube. I've been using it for months and months now. It just makes everything so much easier. I, it's, you know, sometimes I'm like, I don't know what I should be taking, but this is a company and a brand that I can trust. So hearing about their clinical trial as a psych nerd was really exciting to me. And I'm just obsessed with it. My favorite my favorite part too is that it has like the minty flavor, which I feel like people always say it doesn't have like a weird vitamin flavor. So it's really easy to take on an empty stomach in the morning and it doesn't taste like shit. <laughs> Right now, Ritual is offering my listeners 10% off your first three months. Just visit ritual.com slash mood and turn healthy habits into a ritual. That's 10% off at ritual.com slash mood. Back to the current mood combo. So as you can see through those three things, though, the a main thing when it strikes is to make sure I'm using positive language it's really easy like to use negative language in your mind throughout your entire day, or even just when you're talking to other people. And I think it's obviously important to use positive language towards yourself and others all the time. But I think it's absolutely crucial in a time where like your mental health is suffering to make sure you're using positive language that can just be like something as simple of like, fuck, why is this happening to me? Isn't it? Like even when the Starbucks line today, like, oh my God, this is taking so long. Like the positive mind shift was more so like, okay, this is taking long. This is a sign to pause. And, or if it's like, why is this happening to me? You know, a common one is why is this happening for me? Um, Those are just like easier examples to say, but obviously they're not like things that, you know, I'm sure like pop up all the time, but really realizing how you're talking to yourself and shifting from negative language to positive language is really important because you already feel like shit and what's not going to make you feel better even if it's it's not going to solve everything it's not going to cure your anxiety but it's not going to but it's definitely not going to make you feel better um, that you're talking to yourself like an asshole and I think it's something to really kind of like notice when you do it and I think a common thing that we do is when we notice that we're talking to ourselves with negative language or we're talking to others with negative language, the first and next thought after noticing is something negative and unkind. So this is your second reminder that although I want you to try to speak in positive language, do not shame yourself if you are talking in negative language Yay! I know, it sucks. It's so much easier to be an asshole. It's so much easier to be an asshole to yourself, but it is not going to make you feel better. You know how we always say, like, when you are nice to a stranger or they, like, smile back at you on the street, it just kind of, like, boosts your mood. Like, it brightens your day. Like, being kind is you know, a mood booster. And so like, you have to be kind to yourself too. So when anxiety strikes, the last thing I do is berate myself and make myself feel worse and tell myself lies because anxiety will feed off that. And not only will my anxiety get worse, but you know, it's going to make me believe those things and talk more. And it's just, it also is just a really unhealthy habit that anxiety will take advantage of and make worse. So I really, when it strikes, make sure try my best to use positive language and patience with myself and give myself compassion if someone was sick i know i always use the physical example but if someone had a cold like unless it's your annoying boyfriend i guess or something but like if a baby had a cold okay would you be like suck it up pussy like no that's disgusting that's horrible i didn't even like it when it came out of my mouth like you would be like oh like are you okay like what do you need like, why can't you say that to yourself? Like, oh, okay, I'm not okay. Okay, well, like, what do I need? What do I need? Like, it's gonna be okay. What do I need? Like, I'm okay. You What do you always say when a baby's crying? Shh, you're okay, you're okay. Just, you know, say to yourself, you're okay, I'm okay. Like, what, what do I need? Why can you do it to a baby, but you can't do it to yourself? You're really just a baby on the inside, let's be honest. Another thing I do when it strikes is, I don't fight the pause that it gives in my life. Um, And I say this because not in a sense of I let it win because I do make a choice. I make a conscious and logical choice, whether it is to do something different, to boost my mood or to take the time I need to heal. But I don't fight the pause in a sense of bearing it deeper. I think that kind of comes into that curiosity part of like, whoa, what's happening why do I feel like this? Like what what should I do with this? Because like what are like what are these thoughts? Like hmm I wonder what they mean. Like I don't fight it in a sense of like shoving it down and making it worse because what I what happens and the reason why I think that's so important in you know a, from a longevity perspective is if you don't if you fight it and you don't deal with it, it's not actually going anywhere. It's going inside of you. That's where you're going. That's where it's going and it's going deeper. And it's becoming a foundation for you to shove more anxiety and fear on top of. And you're only going to have to deal with it all at a later time on a bigger level. It's not actually going away. And so that's why I don't fight the pause because clearly something's coming up for me, whether it's something big or small, and I'm having an anxious reaction to it and so I, I need to deal with it. And you know, there's a time and place for everything. You know, maybe you're like, Oh, well, I can't excuse myself during class all the time. Okay. Well, can you just like mentally like take a deep breath and like, at least like acknowledge and make a choice. Like there's all these different little things, you know, obviously every single human being is different. Like these are things that you work with your therapist, but I I think that it is really important to like, not fight the pause and to actually pause to like, you know your physical body is telling you something and it's like stopping you in your tracks whether it's like I can't breathe or like I feel like I'm gonna throw up or whatever it is it's like it's literally physically telling you to pause so I try to at least like raise an eyebrow at that and not fight it and I'm not saying it's fun like I'm not like oh wow look at that like I feel like I'm gonna vomit this is this is exciting like I should like really tap into this like no, obviously it sucks. I feel like I'm going to vomit. But like, that doesn't mean that like, I'm going to shove it down and be like, yeah, I'm fine. Oh, me, me, I'm going to vomit. No, I'm fine. I just I look like this now. Like, no, you're not doing anyone a favor by pretending you're okay, especially yourself. And then in return, especially others that you care about. If you are getting curious and you are in the pause, whether it's for a brief moment, like looking inward, or whether it's really sitting down and getting curious, it's always really important when anxiety strikes for me to fact check my thoughts. This kind of like is the same thing of like grounding yourself in reality, but also like taking it one step further is like fact check your thoughts. Like, negative language oh, I'm literally the worst daughter ever. Okay, well, are you? Why? Like, what'd you do? Who said that? How how do you know? How do you know for sure? Like, you don't. Or like, oh my god, this whole project is going to blow up and I'm going to lose all my money and be unsuccessful and everyone's going to hate me. I'm going to have nowhere to live. Okay, let's fact check that. Well, first of all, that hasn't happened so factually it's incorrect because unless you're a psychic like it's just factually cannot be true um okay why is it not going to well okay well what can you do about it? solution let's say it does go bad okay everyone's gonna hate you why do you don't think the people that love you actually love you like it's just it's fear right so it's fact-checking things in reality like oh i'm literally the worst why said who said you and your anxiety wow dream team like definitely want to get advice from you guys like no no one wants to be friends with your anxiety not even you so why are you listening to it fact check that shit and I think the main thing too to remember when we're talking about all this stuff is the goal is not to be happy and I think that when you take that out and That kind of comes a lot from shoving, right? When you're shoving everything down, you're pretending like everything's okay. Like, you are okay, that doesn't mean you're great, that doesn't mean you're happy, because the goal isn't to be happy. The only word that I allow on that level to be spoken about is peace, because I think peace is something that's just like, when you are at peace with things in yourself, and your life, you're able to at least handle shit better. But it doesn't take away the shit. It doesn't take away you feeling things related to the shit. That's why peace is allowed. But happy, no one's happy all the time. I've told you that a million times. But just remember when you're feeling anxious, of negative self-talk does involve, I just want to be happy. I just, I don't want to feel like this. I want to be happy right now. Okay. Like, well, you're not. And being happy isn't the goal. Just being okay and being at peace and being calm and being able to handle this is the goal. Happiness is like, okay, like how do you even define that technically? Like, I know everyone like thinks happiness is a goal and you want to be happy all the time and smiling. But it's like, I just like don't like the word is just like whatever, like joyful, joy. You can have moments of joy. You can feel joy. But like happy is like, you know, I don't know. When I think of the smiley face, I just think of someone that's like chilling, like they're at peace, you know, like happiness isn't just the opposite of anxiety because it's not the opposite of anxiety. Just being okay and not being in fear is the opposite of anxiety. That's what you want to focus on is just feeling better, not being happy and being perfect and being able to do everything. Like take the pressure off. Just be like, I just want to get through this. I just want to be okay again. That's all. That's the goal. When anxiety strikes, what I do is make my only goal being okay again because something I do is I think about all the things I could be doing if I didn't have anxiety. Oh, I could be boosting my mood by working out and I could be getting this done and I should be calling this person and I could have gone on a walk today and I could have, like, made banana bread. And it's like, okay, what? Like, what are you saying, Lauren? Like, that's not – that ain't it, sis. The goal – don't think about all these like happy things that like a happy person would be doing if they weren't you with anxiety and depression like no that's just I mean you're gonna feel shit no matter what as long as you're okay so just try to be okay and then you could worry about all the feelings and the mood boosters later okay so when anxiety strikes for me what I do is I just try to get through it and I try to take the steps accordingly I take them in my own head I take them with the trusted professionals. I take them with my friends and family. And I really give myself the time and the space to be okay again and to not treat myself like shit in the process and to remind myself, you know, the tools that are at my disposal, whether it's as simple as the tool that says, tell yourself you're okay. I always try to remind myself that like, it's not forever. I'm not going to feel like this forever. Like I'm gonna figure it out. I always figure it out. Like I'm sitting here doing the podcast right now, whereas a week ago I couldn't get it done. And I remind myself, like you have a tra- you have a great track record. You're sitting here, you're doing your podcast, you'll you're you'll do it again. And guess what? You're gonna have anxiety again. Like I know for a fact that I'm going to have a panic attack again in my lifetime. I'm going to have anxiety again in my lifetime. I'm going to be stressed. I'm going to be sad. I'm going to be grieving again in my lifetime because we are human beings. We are going to feel things. We are going to have best moods. We are going to have worse moods. They are a part of life and they make us who we are. But what's important is that we're able to handle them with grace and compassion and kindness, especially to ourselves. And the goal is not to be happy all the time because you're not going to be the same way. You're not going to be anxious all the time. You're going to be okay. It's going to be okay. Even if it sucks, even if you can't do anything for a few days, maybe it's a few months. I don't know how long it is for you. Maybe it's a few seconds. I mean, listen, I don't, I don't like feeling it for seconds either. Like I'm not diminishing any timeline of anxiety because as someone who has it, I know it fucking sucks No matter how long it lasts. And when you feel okay again, you really have to store that feeling and remind yourself that because when you're obviously gonna feel like shit again at some point, I'm just gonna be real with you. You're a human being. You're probably gonna feel like shit again. Like whoever told you you're not is just a big, big liar, so at least I'm honest. Remember the time you felt good. Remember times you felt good. Just be honest with yourself, be honest with other people. You don't have to pretend to be okay when you're not okay. You'll probably be okay sooner if you just let yourself not be okay for a second. That's what I did. It felt like shit. It sucked. That was just my personal experience, my personal tools, and maybe something resonated with you. I'm not sure, but I feel better now. I have a little bit of tightness in my chest, but I think it's because I've been talking for so long. I hope you guys have a better week than I did the past like eight days, but I know if I can get through it, you can get through it don't think anything differently. I'm literally just an anxious human being that Amazon to microphone. There's nothing special about it. Just go to therapy, take care of yourself. You'll get through it too. It's not rocket science. It just it takes hard work and honesty. Thank you guys so much for listening to the podcast. Thank you for letting me ramble about my moods. If you enjoy me rambling about my moods, make sure to give this podcast five-star review helps the podcast a lot so does checking out our amazing sponsors and you can follow us at mood with lauren elizabeth on instagram for more mood boosters updates and all the stuff you need i'll talk to you guys next week bye